Hello and welcome to Parsha for Non-Revitans, where we spend up to five minutes discussing Parsha's Hashavua. So you don't come to the table thinking, wait, what Parsha is it this week? We'll start with a brief recap of the Parsha and then move on to a short thought. I'm Esther Kurtz, your resident non-Revitan, and let's do this. Hey, before we get started, stick around after the bar for something new and fun coming to this podcast. Parsha's bow made me thrill and trill as a child. This is where it's all happening. So the Parsha starts off kind of where we left off, in middle of the Makos, where Paro, Moshe, and Hashem are playing this game. At least Paro thinks he's playing. He still hasn't realized he's a pawn. So Moshe threatens, Paro ignores. The Maka comes, Paro promises to let B'nai Israel go. Moshe davens to Hashem, the Maka stops, and Paro negs. That's how Arba and Choshech went down. When it came to Makas Bacharos, Paro actually summoned Moshe to him and tried offering a deal that entailed B'nai Yisrael leaving behind their cattle. Moshe says, no way, Jose. Paro responds with an eloquent, if I see you again, you'll die. And Moshe says, bye-bye. But before he leaves, he gets Navua of Makas Bacharos, which Moshe relates to Paro, as well as instructions for B'nai Yisrael to borrow their Egyptian neighbors' jewels, gold, and silver, which B'nai Yisrael does. At this point, B'nai Yisrael are given their first mitzvah. Hooray! It's setting up Rosh Chodesh and the lunar calendar. Next, we have instructions for the carbon Pesach, and that in the future, this will be Pesach, where we can't eat or own chametz. After all the instructions, it finally happens. Makas Bechoros. At midnight, Hashem killed all the Egyptian Bechorim. And here's where we interrupt and sing Paro in pajamas in the middle of the night, because he was looking for Moshe and begging him and everyone to leave. ASAP. And they did. It happened. B'nai Yisrael left. They were redeemed. We were redeemed. I don't know why I'm crying as I pull this text together. It's just, it's day 100 and it's hard. So B'nai Yisrael leave and they have all the stuff they quote unquote borrowed from the Egyptians, the bread that didn't rise and turn to matzah, the bread that didn't rise and turn to matzah, leaving in the middle of the day on Tesvav Nisan. The rest of the parsha has a few more details regarding the mitzvahs given. Number one, the Bukhar of every family is Kadosh Lashem. Two, eat matzah on Pesach. Three, relate the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim on Pesach. Four, the male firstborn animals should be brought as karbanos. Five, redeem all male firstborn donkeys for a sheep, which should then be given to a coin. And six, wear tefillin on your head and arm. And that's a wrap on the parsha. Let's move on to a short thought. So this vart is brought to you by, I'm not sure. I've heard it attributed to three different people, the Beis HaLevi, Rav Chaim Brisker, or the Brisker Rav. So anyway, it's Brisker Torah. So in the Pasuk, Moshe tells Paro that Hashem will kill all the Bechorim of Mitzrayim at Kachatos Halayla. The Chaf is the prefix of like or around. It's not exactly midnight. And then later at the actual Makas Bechoros, it says Bachatos Halayla, the Beis being at. So why is there the difference in language? So first, let's talk about time and midnight. Imagine the clock going from 11.59 p.m. to 12 o'clock a.m. It's ticking, 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 and then it reaches 11.59 and 59 seconds, and then boom, it's 12 o'clock a.m. It's the next day, the next second, minute, hour. Where did midnight even happen? And that's just it. Midnight is a concept that does not exist in reality. It's either before midnight or it's after midnight. It's never actually midnight. So therefore, the use of the prefix 
Chaf, meaning around or like, is perfect. But that raises the next question. How could it later say in the Pasuk, Ba Chatzos Halayla, at midnight, if we just established that it doesn't exist? And this is where the brisker answer comes in. The same concept applies to death. There is no time of death. It's someone is either alive or dead, before or after. Time of death is a made-up concept that works only for death certificates. So what's happening here with the Bayes is that the before and after of midnight and the time of death are being synced up so they happen at exactly the same time. So therefore, at exactly that moment, it was midnight and the time of death, and the base is appropriate. Did your mind just blow? I know mine did the first time I heard this. Now, go mess with your friend's head and ask them when midnight is. In the meantime, wishing you a good Shabbos, and see you next Parsha. You stuck around? Great. Listen, I'm adding a little interactive fun to this podcast. In the show notes is a link to a Google form. If you fill out your email address and just one question you have on the Parsha, you'll be entered to win a raffle. Prizes always change. Right now is a $50 Amazon gift card. The raffle is drawn weekly. You don't have to answer your question. All you need is a question, a wondering, a why to enter. The deadline is Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you have any questions or you want to sponsor a prize, email me at emuna4nr at gmail.com. That's E-M-U-N-A-H, the number four, N-R, at gmail.com. And of course, share with all your non-Rebbitson friends.